This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam steps out of her craft-free comfort zone. Charlene is not a corona candidate, but she sure feels like one. And we join you in self-isolation solidarity, so pull up a chair. And we'll pour you a virtual gin. Hello. Hello. Where are you? You sound so far away. <laughs> I know, you sound so far away. <laughs> I'm lonely in my house, in my dining room. Where are you? Indeed, me too. Sitting in our virtual studio um, <laughs> in my kitchen slash dining room. My husband is in the next room, um, probably sleeping. Yeah, so is mine. And Elijah's sleeping. It's late Saturday night because it's the only time that we had. We have to (laughs) to My kids are finally asleep as well. So it's the only time we could get to touch base. I've got to say some solidarity though, because um, Jen from The New Normal um, Mm -hmm. and On the Couch with Carly, they work together on their Oh Baby, What the Fuck uh, parenting seminars um, for new moms. Yes. Um, they were. They had a Facebook live at eight o'clock tonight. Afro Daddy, happy birthday! Happy fifth birthday to Afro Daddy. They yes, had a live happy tonight. Birthday. So I kind of feel like all of the content creators are out there doing their thing when they can on a Saturday night, and in our case, in, on a rainy Saturday night. So yeah. If there's any background noise, it's the rain. Yeah, Thanks for the rain. Which is not. <laughs> which is nice because we actually can't leave the house. So. Mm. You yeah. know, we always kind of wish for rain when we can't leave the house. And so, okay, well, now we've got it. <laughs> wish granted for once, yes. <laughs> okay. So tell me, you're not a corona candidate. Why do you feel like one? What's what's happening? Oh, fudge. So, you know, on, I don't know if, well, you know, but I, I don't know if our listeners know. So I was uh, away this past weekend. Um, I went to, what is it, Limpopo? Was it the Limpopo province for a wedding? And um, we traveled with some friends, a one friend in particular who just a couple of days prior to us leaving for the wedding had returned from a trip to first Portugal and then the UK. And we went with her to the wedding. And by the time we got back on Sunday, the president's address happened where he said, all people who have traveled to any of these uh, countries um, in the last two months have to, as of Monday, be tested. Yeah. And so I texted her and I was like, are you feeling sick or have you got any symptoms? And so she said, no, she's fine. But since the president did say that it has been weighing on her mind, so she will just have the test and then at least we can rule it out. So in the interim, her and her dad, who had both been to visit her sister in the UK, are going to self-quarantine or just like self-isolate and monitor for symptoms and hear what their doctor says about referring for them for testing. So Rhett and I decided, okay, well, we'll be responsible since we were in contact with her. We'll do the same. We're not going to panic, whatever. And so you couldn't even wait till Wednesday for the schools to close. You guys had to. No, because I couldn't risk it and send the kids. So I had like, first I was grateful for the two days to just like get my shit together. And then I was like, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. So... Um, I was like, okay, well, I, I don't, I would never be able to live with myself if I send my kids and they are carriers and they make someone else sick, you know? So I decided, no, we'll just keep them at home. Then she texts me later to say, okay, so she's just got word from her sister in the UK that, uh, one of her sister's colleagues, um, tested positive for COVID-19 and she had been in direct contact with this guy at work that week that she was visiting her sister in the UK. So both her and her dad had been in contact with their 
family yeah. member in the UK. And so, and she had been in contact with someone who tested positive. So then we were like, ish. Okay. So this is a very long story, but then by Tuesday, we all start developing sore throats. The kids start having a dry cough. We're mm. generally just fatigued. Then I start having these coughing fits. No fever though. I speak to her and she spoke to her doctor and he says, if you're not presenting symptoms, we're not going to test you. And I was like, but the president said, if you've traveled, you must to these countries, you must test. The doctor said, tests are limited. They don't test anyone. If you're not presenting symptoms, the key thing is, do you have a fever? Now we're all starting to feel sick, but none of us have fevers. So we just sweated out the whole week and trying to not panic. Come Thursday, Jessie's starting to lose her voice. The coughing gets worse. None of the kids sleep. I don't sleep. So eventually we've convinced ourselves that we have this thing. And so we're just like, okay, let's just go to the doctor, get a referral, get tested, and then we can rule it out. And then, my and then you know cons- what you're dealing with and you mm. can, whoever you were in contact with, you can let them know and everybody can yes. take the proper precautions. Exactly. Because now I'm panicking because my sister-in-law's, um, uh, uh, could potentially be compromised. She's got asthma and we were in contact with her, my parents, the whole lot, you know? So then, um, and since we are having sore throats and coughs, maybe the doctor will at least consider those symptoms and, uh, grant a test. Um, but then we worry that they were like, okay, maybe just one of us must go get the test. And then at least we know because if Red's got it, then the rest of us will have it. And then we just self isolate. Then I'm like, but what if only you get tested and they decide to quarantine you at the hospital or somewhere? And then I'm alone with two sick kids and I'm sick at home. So I was like, no, I don't know. Let's ask the doctor. So he said, come in. We will isolate you when you get to the doctor's rooms. And then let me do, uh, let me have a look and do an assessment. And we will take it from there. So we promptly carted off to the doctor. Turns out the symptoms we were displaying are not uh, concerned enough for him to um, refer us for testing. And he said that the incubation period is typically five days. We started getting sick too soon, firstly. Our sore throats developed on From after your exposure, yeah. Yes. It was like on day two that we already started, day two or three that we started getting um, sore throats. Also, the person that we suspected was the exposure or gave us the exposure um, is exhibiting zero symptoms, like not even sore throat, no coughing, nothing. So um, he basically weighed up the incubation period, whether we had traveled at all, and then um, the original like carrier, if you can call it that, whether they were exhibiting symptoms. And um, so he was like, I, I'm not referring you for testing. And he looked at all of us and they were perfectly uh, logical explanations. Like I have a bronchial inflammation. Jessie's got a slight irritation in her tonsils. Same with Josh. And um, Rich just got a sore throat uh, from sleeping with the aircon on in the hotel room. So it's just like dry air, hot air, cold air, that kind of thing. And also and so you guys got- are on top of each other and, mm, mm. you know. And it's just also – it. It's getting to that time of year now where people are exactly. going to start developing the sniffles and the whatever. So then that really helped a lot because I asked him a lot of questions and he, he ruled out because everybody who has the sniffles or the flu is now going to panic. Do I have this thing? Exactly. So the, the, the questions that he answered there for me helped me a lot to just differentiate. And it boils down to the fever. Like if you have a, a 38.1 degree fever, then that's probably a telltale sign. Yeah. So um, that's what I'm going to like hold on to. And I think, and I think a lot of people are going to be phoning their, their doctors and that's a good port of call is just call your GP and take it from there and trust that one service provider is what we said. And I mean, yes. we did the same thing with Elijah. He developed, he, he actually, I had to pick him up early from school on Tuesday. He had to, um, he developed a cough. He was feeling a bit off at first and then the cough started and um, Ray was quite, was quite nervous and I was like, okay, let me just phone our GP and she asked me a bunch of questions and she's just like, 
it's just probably the normal cough that he gets. And frankly, even if it is coronavirus, keep doing exactly what you're doing, mm. which is self-isolating and our family's on lockdown, basically. So exactly. Yeah. Anyways, tell me how you're doing it, momming, because... Oh, okay. Cool. I was about I'd, to ask you to tell me about your craft. <laughs> well, that's part of my bombing at momming. So let's let's do yours. And I also want to share with you that I've cancelled bad mom moment because I think I think we're all yeah, doing the best uh, that we can. Like exactly, I can I can tell actually, you like a gazillion different bad mom moments just from um, this evening. But mm, I'm not going to go there. Like self loathing mm, is not a way to go right now. Exactly. We all just need to be acknowledging our wins. So tell me how you are bombing at momming. Well, I think the fact that I've managed to keep some type of structure just this last week amidst worrying about actually being sick, feeling sick, and as a result, not sleeping well, we have managed to not murder each other in this confined space, A, and B, I've managed to do some um, activities with the kids, which I feel like I'm bombing at mommy for, because generally I... I go into like, oh, fuck these activities. I'm not doing them because I feel like I have to. And for that very reason, I will not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, and also for it to not let, not allow it to get the better of me because it's, it's quite overwhelming because I'm, I'm seeing like a lot of stuff on Instagram and social media and I, it's easy to feel inadequate, but I haven't allowed that to, get to me yet it's week fucking one so let's see how we go but <laughs> see that okay that's my concern and my bombing at bombing is i've i've stepped out of my craft free comfort zone and mm. that's that we all know like I, I can't actually handle crafty shit i would rather pay someone to do that and that sounds mm, very mm. snobbish of me but like i just i reach a limit when it comes to like whipping out paint and mm. and all of that and I do my best with like messy play and stuff like that, but where Elijah and I thrive as a twosome or even as a family with Ray is going out and spending time together doing activities like, mm. um, yeah, the zoos and that that type of a, a thing. And obviously we can't do that. Um, so now you're stuck having to do these things that you basically hate. <laughs> yeah. I, so what I started doing was I'm like, look, he's got a fuck ton of toys. Um, mm. And also like a lot of puzzles. I don't put a limit and I probably should at this stage. I don't put a limit on puzzles or books. Um, and I've got plenty of like sticker books and stuff like that. Um, educational toys and whatnot. But obviously he gets fatigued with all the choice around him. And I'm not... I've been meaning to, since he was born, just rotate toys, but I'm just not Mm. good about that. So what I started doing was I've got a little goodie bag that I actually got uh, from the Benny's Book Fair, which we'll discuss a bit later. And um, I choose like four different toys um, that will encompass four different activities. And I put them in, I've called it his activity bag. Uh. And so that he has something to look forward to each morning. So it's wow. all his existing toys, you uh. know. It's it's stuff that I didn't go out and buy new shit, but it's a surprise every morning to see what Which it is. Which ones are in the mix? So I think, I don't know how I'm going to keep this up, but so far so good. Like I managed to do fucking Elf on the Shelf, so. How are you this fucking creative? <laughs> like I have no mind space. Look, I'm I, just like, what was that activity in the group? Okay, we'll start with number one. Okay, the, we're going to do this now. What's number two? We're going to do this now. <laughs> how do you do this? Because You know what? Because I know my child. And mm. we'll chat about that in a bit. But, like, um, he's not going to – if I whip out a list and I and I go, okay, morning t- it's morning time, we must go outside. He's going to be like, no, mommy, I want to color. And then mm. if I say, okay, it's inside quiet time, we need to color, he's going to be like, no, mommy, I want to jump on the trampoline. So he has a bag of shits. You choose. Go ahead. What that's see what tickles so, your fancy. That's so good because you're even like thinking about their personalities. I'm just like, you little shits, don't have a choice. I'm your mother. We're fucking doing this. Well, I only have one, so it's easy <laughs> to keep up. I And I did start with like a snack box, so his little lunch box. 
and that uh, he didn't eat out of there. He started digging in the fridge and digging in, in the cupboards. And, and I kept saying to him, I packed you a lunchbox for the day. And yeah. he just ignored me. And so that I stopped. So, and yeah, that's, because that's you're going to kill yourself to pack this lunchbox. And then it's just never going to be eaten or wanted. Exactly. If I force myself to do things that aren't, that he's not responding to, I'm going to kill myself. And mm-hmm. so I kind of, even though I have the final say because I'm the parent, I also um, need to be flexible. I need to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And I kind of move to his rhythm as mm-hmm. well. So the lunch box thing didn't work, and so I stopped doing that. But he responded well to the activity box or the activity bag, and so I carried on doing that. So I think that's my bombing at momming is like, listen, I did, I baked cookies from scratch this week because he whipped, wow. I did from scratch. He I whipped out royal post, icing. He whipped out royal icing that I had in the cupboard um, for a hopeful day, and he's like, "Mommy, I want to do this," and I was like, "Damn it." <laughs> do, I, do I put the icing on Mari biscuits? <laughs> so yeah, there was that, and um, I we whipped out a lot of paint this week, and um, other like little crafts, like fifty rand craft things that I would get on sale and and just keep in the cupboard for a rainy day and it literally is a rainy day so yeah I've been doing a lot of and like all of those things that you see about like putting things in jelly putting like little creatures in jelly or freezing them in an ice block Mm. and then they spend time like picking it out so I've I've prepped all of that stuff but like I say and it's completely out of my comfort zone um but I I just don't know how I'm gonna keep it up so I'm gonna be forgiving on myself if if yeah, i just I'm, don't get to that i must say point. i'm also just taking it one day at a time if i have the energy today and tomorrow and the next day then i will if on one day i don't i mean there was one day this week that i literally just lay on the couch yeah. and watched stuff like via netflix and while jesse was playing with dad and josh was just binge watching shit on his ipad and you know what technology so overload he was very very poorly behaved by the evening so i thought that's maybe not such a good <laughs> idea <laughs> we recharge again tomorrow yeah so one of our listeners um or uh, our instagram followers also did she did like a great craft the one day and then the next day started off on netflix and she was just like yeah and i was like cool you started off strong like a balance you know exactly yeah (laughs) okay look so uh when we last recorded we chatted about how fast things escalated corona wise and we've had a lot of corona chats already but um so we will limit it but that is um you know we we chatted after the first case was confirmed in south africa Right, that day there were only seven confirmed cases. Yeah, exactly. But by that afternoon, the number quickly jumped uh, to 13 by, yeah, by the afternoon. And yeah, and by that evening, the World Health Organization, one of the trusted sources we mentioned, declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. Yeah, so just in the day we recorded, it was like, oh my God, this is now, mm. now our podcast that we haven't released yet is old news. Yes. Um, and I obviously swiftly had to take my head out of the sand. Especially uh, after the presidential address that Sunday, which, which scared me cold. It had me in tears. Look, it, yeah. it affected all of us in a big way, like it or not. And I think it's because of most, well, for me personally, it was because of work concerns and balance concerns and having my kid home um, much earlier than anticipated. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's affected us and I guess it's now our new normal. Which is why we are chatting about it today in this episode. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Okay, so in our last episode, we unpacked uh, corona hysteria and kind Mm. of pared down all the information to what was digestible and full of facts uh, only for us and didn't pander to any kind of hysteria or whatnot. So 
what I want to focus on in this episode is as moms now, we have to come to terms with a whole new way of living for an indefinite amount of time. So I want us all to think about this or to chat about it, to open the discussion. And so Charlene, I want to know how are you, but how are you really? What, what are you struggling with at the moment? I, if I had to describe how I'm feeling, I'd probably, the best way to describe it is that I'm just trying to be in autopilot because I am, I'm struggling with staying calm and like not let the panic hit me. I have to con constantly be aware of, okay, Shalene, don't panic. Okay, Shalene, don't panic. Okay, Shalene, don't panic. Stay calm. Keep a level head. So that at the moment is probably my biggest struggle to not let the fear of the unknown overwhelm me. Um, the biggest thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is the, the uncertainty around the, like a proper shutdown. And, um, there's various things that worries me about that, which we can unpack later. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm fearful. I have anxiety around a number of things just again, because it's the unknown, I don't do well with not interacting with people Yeah, as, same. as a rule. So, and I need to, like, if we spend a weekend at home and we don't go anywhere, I get severe cabin fever. I have to just like get out of the, like go see my mom or go see you or see someone. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling not being able to go see my therapist it really is um, affecting me already. And it's just been one week's um, session that we didn't attend. Um, I have severe anxiety about money and finances, which we can go into. Well, we can uh, chat about it now. I mean, this is, it's part of our fears. And then that leaks right into what we're, what we're struggling with is we've mm -hmm. got to manage our fears, but we, and I was saying to you, like, you can't think about it. You have to move forward. But at the same time, you also have to prepare yourself for the worst so mm. that you're not caught unawares. So it's this tricky situation. Yes, I'm, 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 a, I'm a trying to find a solution person always. So if something goes wrong, I'll panic and flip out. And then the very next thing that I'll be like, okay, how do we fix this? Or yeah. what can we do about it? Kind of thing. And I find myself now in a spot where I'm just like, I said to Rhett this morning, listen, can we talk about this shutdown? Because I, I feel it's imminent and I don't want to feel overwhelmed by it. So I need to know What's when it happens. Plan? What is our game plan? And mm -hmm. he's like, I know I'm, I'm fully prepared for a total shutdown. I'm like, well, fucking thanks can for telling you, me. Can but we talk about this plan? Like, thanks. This, so this preparation. Is, yeah, yeah, like what is our plan? Because, And then I'm trying to, in my way, communicate to him like, you know what, we should just fucking like go stay in like a cabin somewhere for like <laughs> until they tell us we're allowed to go back to society again. And then he shoots me down with like, oh, yeah, like no, near no hospitals. Where will you get food delivered? No, 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 no. How much is that going to cost? It's like, well, if you have all the fucking great ideas, then can you share them with yeah. me already? You know, I'm like wanting to buy plane tickets to fucking Mauritius and just go and sit on a beach somewhere. Yeah, because and if this is the end of the world, then, well, how about it? <laughs> I won't be able to pay my fucking rent anyway. Let me just take whatever le money I've got left and abscond, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's just me panic talking. I won't do that. But I'm just like trying to, I'm like trying to spend my lotto winnings that I haven't won yet. Anyway, so we always talk about what would you do if you have so much free time, which is fantastic. But now you have this free time essentially because you can't work but you can't work you don't get paid and that's what worries me and you and i are pretty much in the same boat with 
in that we don't work for bosses. Our husbands no. don't work for bosses. For bosses, and we so all, run our own businesses. Yeah, and all so, of us are like no no work, no pay people. And, and our yeah. business or the business that we're in is not the type of business that can allow you to do work without interacting with other people yeah. or going out into public. You yeah. Know? So that's a difficult thing. And then the other thing that worries me a lot is um, the next step for me then is to fall into a state of depression because I've been there and there was a time that I couldn't work. I couldn't, as a result of lack of money, go out for even just have a coffee with a friend or do that kind of stuff. Then I become more and more depressed, which makes me not want to exercise or eat healthy or do all of those things. And then you fall into this black hole. It's a mental health spiral spiral downwards and everything is just doom and gloom and you feel sad and it just it, it overwhelms you eventually and then just swallows you whole and so that worries me a lot and now all of my support like my therapist my this my that my my getting well, out grandparents as well grandparents yeah. that like literally i'm terrified of being isolated for however long with not any help for just a couple of hours to be away from my kids and look, okay, so this uh, makes me think of something that I've really been struggling with. And um, I'm saying this in a way to um, sort of underscore our policy of no judges and to feel like I've felt a bit burned by um, some women who are used to staying at home with their kids. So I'm not saying, oh, all stay-at-home moms or all, all homeschool moms because a few of our great friends are homeschool moms or stay-at-home moms or whatever. Yes. But there's been a lot of jokes and commentary. Okay, so, yeah, firstly on that, um, of moms who are used to staying at home with their kids and now they're going, huh, now you're going to see what stay-at-home moms do. And, like, mm. from a TGE perspective, we know, guys, like, we've always acknowledged that stay-at-home moms work a full-time job. But understand, like, I, at this point, I think I've lost my sense of humor for jokes and memes about um, how working moms are struggling being with their, their kids 24-7. And the thing is not – and I, I resent the fact that a lot of um, stay-at-home moms have gotten angry with working moms um, for not wanting to spend time with their children. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my child. I love my child, but I would really enjoy spending time with him much more if I didn't have to clean my house because I have uh, given my house my housework and my help um, paid leave now, you know, so she's not coming in. So I'm working a full-time job trying to bring in the money uh, that, I, that my family is used to me earning and cleaning my house while having to juggle this hysteria and um, spend time with my child. So I don't and love my child any less. I just, I've got to get used to something new that, that I feel like stay-at-home moms or homeschool moms are already used to doing. That's the thing. So the, the fact of the matter is that you are out of your depth here. It's so an it's, adjustment. It's, it's a huge adjustment. It's very overwhelming because this is not your normal. And so you don't know really where to start, A. And B, I always feel like when anybody, it's like saying you should be grateful you get to have kids. There's a lot of people who can't have children. You are 100% right. Yeah. I should be grateful. And I am grateful. But when I have a dreaded disease or cancer, it's not going to make my illness any easier by telling me you should be grateful that you have a roof over your head, yeah, that exactly. you're not homeless. So I just feel like people should be allowed to say whatever they want to say during this time, and and not be you should judged. just kind of yeah, just, not be judged. You just need to let it out, just get it out of you, so you can yeah. cope. And you touched on something great earlier when you said, like, as an extrovert, you need people, and mm. you said it from such a real space. That I mean, how many memes have you seen of introvert, like introvert memes of like, ha, oh, we've been preparing for this for ages. It's really no different for me. And I'm just like, that's great for you, but I too need some um, external stimulation. And, mm. you know, if I actually fucking sue me, like I say, and must reiterate, I love my child, mm. but I do not love 
doing what a three-year-old does Which is why you have chosen a different path for your family because you have to look after your own mental health as well as your your the rest of your family's mental health. Not every family's path is the same. And now you're forced into a situation that I didn't choose at all. That 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 you have no control over. Then that does not sort of concur with my personality. My personality is to be stimulated by my work ambitions and I don't deny anybody the choice to not choose those work ambitions and I'm not I don't look down on them and I actually wish that I could um yearn for a much simpler life but I don't I make my life super complicated by having a lot of work ambitions um I just I do I feel a bit judged I feel a bit judged for needing to go out and and spend time with friends and see people and have adult conversation and carry on with my work without being interrupted it's so I I am feeling a little bit attacked, but I also think that um, my anxiety, which I want to touch on, is you feel more sensitive the more anxious you mm, are. Yeah, it's getting the better of you, and that's why you're feeling attacked. Because yeah. let's be honest, nobody's saying anything at you; it, they're just voicing their comp- their opinions as well. Yeah, exactly. And I have gently spoken with with some moms who who I felt kind of attacked by, and I said, just remember, working moms still have to like put out work and it's impossible to do so and I've had those discussions with them and they've kind of explained oh no no like I understand where you're coming from but but I still just think like it takes many different colored smarties to make up a box Mm. and so there are so many so many different types of moms and it's not going to help to point fingers and to be like um and to judge judge other moms not as easy as you thought hey exactly yeah so where I'm at at the moment, I mean, I live with, um, I'm sort of, I live with high functioning anxiety. I mm-hmm. get the job done, but I, I think, I don't think a lot of people know this about me. When people find out that I struggle with anxiety, they're like, what? You're so chilled. And I'm just like, well, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. what I like people to think. And um, Ray, incidentally, this week was quite anxious and he is not an anxious person whatsoever. And he was way more anxious than me this week. And I saw this on a page that I follow called Parenting with Anxiety. And I just thought it was so spot on. Um, It says, I saw someone say that people with anxiety aren't panicking like everyone else is. We're not out here buying 10 plus rolls of TP and such. But do you know why? This is our normal state. To us, the world is ending every single day. And it's interesting watching everyone act the way our brains think on a daily basis. It sucks, doesn't it, to be in a constant state of fear and helplessness. Welcome to our world. Sincerely, people with severe anxiety. Mm. And I have to say, I was like, oh, yes. That's why I'm not panicking. Because my mind reverts to worst case scenario every day. <laughs> you see, so there's your normal. Yeah. You, that's your normal. You're operating in your normal. And it's not necessarily your comfort zone. You're just so used to it. Yeah. Which is the exact same thing as a work-at-home mom versus a stay-at-home mom versus a working-away mom kind of thing. It, yeah. It's your, it's your normal. It's what you're used to. So oh, it's just I, – I just – think that there are so many different types of people and we're all going to be handling this a lot differently and I just think just deal with it with overwhelming love um Mm. and I have to say I've had a few friends (laughs) um check in by sending me crafts please for the love of God stop doing that (laughs) (laughs) I can't anymore with the crafts I think that's all people know how to do is oh your kid's Home with you now, twenty four seven. I found this shit on Pinterest, or this has been doing the rounds, and I'm just like, I can't anymore. Charlene, my phone does not stop with people sending me um, craft ideas, and I'm just it's, like, I don't, I don't really feel like cutting up a paper plate tomorrow. <laughs> you, sh- you I, I hear you, but you should take, <laughs> you should take it as a compliment because they, they, it's like on a use it, don't use it basis kind of thing. I'm also battling with feeling inadequate a bit. So I, these, cause I have the same, I had a lot of 
suggestions and stuff comes through, especially because some of the moms on the school group asked, like, can you send us some stuff to do with the kids? And so the school has been amazing with sending stuff. But then I see some of the moms posting that they've done these things and I I just feel severely inadequate because I didn't get through all the activities or fuck, I'm already exhausted. I don't know if I can keep this up kind of thing. Yeah. So I've had to just sift, I've legit just had to sift through it and be like, okay, this I'll use and I'll do a little bit of that and that I'll pass. I won't do it or maybe I'll do it another day kind of thing because I have to try and not let it get to me to feel like, fuck, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to yeah. do this kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, so let's play worst case scenario here. We've been dealing with fears and ang- our anxieties and what we're what we're really dreading. Um, and look, I was going to do a, let's find things we can be positive about. But you and I, we talk about what's real and what's on our minds. Mm. And really, right now on our minds is we're wondering what's to come, but also trying to just take one day at a time I mean we don't know where we're at really and I think a lot of moms will be in the same boat and trying to put on a brave face so I've been watching mm. a lot of this is us if if anybody follows our what's your binge Wednesday on um, Instagram that's my jam right now I'm really <laughs> enjoying it and in it um, Randall and Beth uh, the one couple, they play this game called Worst Case Scenario. So Because Randall battles anxiety. Exactly. And yes. so for them it works to just going, let's like barring death. What's the um, worst that can happen? Which is actually unlikely in this scenario. Nobody's going to die of self-isolation. In fact, we're trying to keep our people alive here. Like uh-huh. this is why we're doing it. Doing this, but yes. It's for healthy young individuals like ourselves and our kids the likelihood is slim. So with this self-isolation and a lockdown, an imminent lockdown, what is the worst case scenario? Do you want to go first? Yes. I think um, worst case scenario for me would be being on lockdown for longer than three months and not being able to earn any form of income um, because, to be honest, we probably only have a backstop of paying our bills for one month. Mm. And after that, we have nothing. And then we probably won't get evicted, but um, if we if we can't pay uh, our rent, um, but they can turn off our electricity and water if we don't pay. So I'm very scared of that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what will happen if that happens. And to be honest, I don't have a solution because then we'll be stuck here and we can't even move to family because you're on We're lockdown. You're supposed to be isolated. Yeah. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. So that at the moment for me is the worst case scenario. And I suppose some of my direct family getting severely ill by this illness just because they're compromised Yeah, Yeah, would be worst case scenario for me. Okay. So for me, worst case scenario, I keep thinking if this were a sort of apocalyptic scenario, right? Where this really becomes the new normal beyond two, three, four months and into the next year. And this, this becomes a living memory for my child. Remember, worst mm. like this is the worst for me. Yeah. But this is his third year that he doesn't see his grandparents or family, and um, I mean, I guess it's not the worst case scenario. But I work remotely, and so the main breadwinner, I will become the main breadwinner, essentially, because to do his work, Ray. I mean, Ray travels a lot. Obviously, that will come to not an happening. End. And sports so, are not happening. He's in the sports business. Yeah, our income will largely fall squarely onto my shoulders, which is um, just terrifying for me. So that's yeah, that's the worst case scenario. But Ray, you better shape up on your fucking crafts books because <laughs> <laughs> he's not a talented cameraman enough. He uh, <laughs> he needs to now find something he can do online. Maybe like a call guy. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, got quite a sexy voice. 
No, and we, and we more than likely will not die in either of those two scenarios. The fact that we are isolated by, the, you know, in itself is what will help us survive. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe in an upcoming episode we can talk about our mental health because mm. you and I both struggle. I mean, anxiety and depression go hand in hand. Mm. And it's something that we need to watch out for, mm. the both mm. of us. So maybe no. we can chat about that. Maybe mm. get an, an expert um that i can call in i don't mm. know we'll see listeners you tell us what you want and what's on your mind i've one last um comment on surviving self-isolation and that's it's been one week mm. um so what worked for you um what didn't and are you going to do anything differently next week I think what worked was to have, so I was telling you earlier that I, when I, not panic, but when I start stressing, when I start like at the, the beginning of my little spiral, before I even enter the spiral, I can feel the spiral coming on. Yeah. Then I start organizing shit because like for some reason, if I can find structure somehow, I feel like I am okay and I'm on top of things so what worked this week I think was to have some sort of structure like I had made a decision that cleaning house will be at the bottom of my priority list I will not clean this house if we have to live like pigs for two weeks at a time so fucking so be, it. be it yeah because I cannot keep the house tidy and in control whilst having to attend to the children and trying to squeeze what little work we can get out of this business before lockdown hits. So housework has fallen by the wayside. It worked for me to do that. And then to implement a little bit of structure by way of doing the morning ring activities with the kids. But also what worked was to not be too strict with our schedule, to kind of, okay, we'll do a little bit of this. We won't do all of it. Then we'll allow some free play. We'll be more flexible with bar dinner, bath, and bedtime. You don't have to be up early for school. You can sleep in the next day. So if we go to bed a little bit later, that's also chill, okay. Yeah. Um, so to, to have some structure but to be flexible helped. Like it's to be fluid I suppose yeah. is the best way to to roll with the punches was kind of what I can say worked for me. So what I thought was quite funny was um, you had more structure than I did and that's a little bit opposite to our personalities is normally I'm like, you know, this is how you do things and mm. um, you're a lot more free range. Mm. Um, it, what it felt like is that I, I, because of my anxiety, I would normally like plan ahead and, but, and the most that I've done is the activity bag and I just did not have a, I've actually, I actually need to implement um, meal times now because we've just been eating whatever, whenever. Wow, that's yeah. a baddie. It Listen. is a baddie. It is a baddie because now we're just like, oh. and look, not like snacking all day. We still have, but like we'll have, breakfast and then second breakfast uh, and then skip lunch and then that's what happened today and I said to Ray I'm like maybe it's not a good idea because neither of us can remember whether we had lunch mm. and also Elijah needs that structure mm. so I do acknowledge that I, I need to implement a bit of structure but I, I took it to Instagram and I asked our um, followers um in these first few days of social distancing, have you freewheeled parenting or has it been more useful to implement some structure? And an overwhelming 69% have said free range for the win, while 31% mm. have said structure is critical, which, is, which I find hilarious. In the, yeah, that's in the minority then. Yeah, 
but there are some caveats to the ones who have said structure is important. And I have to read this from Tanya Klepais. Um I, I just loved this answer. She said, I answered structure, but only if you meant the kind that was built by someone who does not know anything or who doesn't know how to build anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of works sometimes, uh, not always, so we kind of try to stick with it. It's just a confusing time. And I was just like, mm. yes. So the yes. structure, we're not fucking teachers. We don't even know what the fuck structure looks like. Exactly. So In this scenario. So I said, we aren't all teachers. Um, we only do our best, right? And she said, look, for 10 minutes a day, she thinks that her kid's teacher is a moron because she's smashing it as a half-assed working-from-home mom. And how <laughs> hard can it be, really? And then for the rest of the day, she thinks her, yeah, the school teacher should earn uh, about a million a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That is you <laughs> me. So, uh, yeah, uh, like, look, we appreciate the teachers. I just, like, obviously, we, there you go. Teachers, we, we never doubted you for a second, but we aren't builders of structure. You are. This mm. isn't our new normal. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not what we're, what we study to do. No. It's just new normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of the new normal, so um, Genevieve from the new normal, um, our good friend, she voted yes, structure is important. But what she said, and she, she commented here as well, what I mean is a new structure, a new normal that is not just about keeping the kids happy and sane, but about doing that for you, the parents too. If that means one more hour of screen time a day, yes. If it means tag teaming with hubby so you can get some work and maybe a nap in, then yes. But it's yeah. about figuring out a new structure in this really abnormal time. Mm. Kind of like how we're approaching the virus, new structure and ground rules, unlike Italy who freewheeled. Okay, so she's mm. making a comment on on what Italy did, but um, which is not where we're going, but... Yeah, I get what she's saying is we're let's not like 100% free will because then you're in my boat where you don't know whether you've had lunch or whatever and we're not yes. quite in we can't be in holiday mode indefinitely. I'm not certainly not at the seaside. My kids still need some structure and so I will at least make sure that he has meal times, but what I'm not doing is sticking to a roster. Yes. that I've created because between this time and this time is outside play and between this time and this time is inside play and between this time and this time is screen time and between this time and this time, like my kid is not going to respond to that and other people's kids might and you just, I think, you know your family, you know yourself and you know your kid. Charlene and I are extroverts. We need to get out. Like, mm. and, and if that means just going for a run to quiet our minds, put on a podcast and just like get out and extricate ourselves from the cabin fever maybe that's it and other moms are introverts and they handle shit differently so we just all need to acknowledge how different we are and not mm. feel that pressure yeah from what other moms are doing yeah. do what works best for you and i think our no judges policy just stands as it always does So, Samantha, in the interest of going back in time to less anxious days, how was the Benny's Book Fair? Oh, man, yes. The Benny's Book Fair, it feels like an age ago now, and it was only last week. I um, know. Listen, for and it one, was sort of overshadowed It was by... completely overshadowed. Um, well, luckily, it happened. Yes, I've got to say still that. in time before everything went to shit. <laughs> Look, f for one, I super missed you. I was, oh, I was I missing a limb. Um, I was so out jealous there that I wasn't there. <laughs> but also, it was okay. It was really well worth it. I hope it happens again next year. And I wanted to give our listeners a little insight. If you if you weren't there, if you're not Joburg based, um, or if you are and you just couldn't make it, guys, it was it was really well worth it. And again, just to reiterate, so it's the largest um, book fair in Africa of its kind because it showcases 
children's authors and YA, which is young adult authors only. So I think a lot of the time children's authors are overshadowed by um, by adult authors uh, just because adults are able to read, I suppose, and there's just a bigger market. But children's authors, and I have to add illustrators, are the bee's knees, in my opinion. And I, I just love that it showcased our local uh, children's book authors. And I'll and explain why later. But one of the things that was awesome and I was kind of thrown into chairing a panel discussion um, at the last minute which was super fun and I was joined by kid bloggers asking um, so the middle grade authors all came together for the the um, panel discussion that I chaired and um, in amongst normal audience members there were kid bloggers that were asking questions that to the authors so what what do you do when you have writer's block and um what inspires you to write every day and you know so so questions and I was super impressed one of the the kid bloggers that um was there his name is Kalish Moore and I was like you know what this kid he's he's quite switched on so I've got a, a soundbite from an interview that I had with him and I just thought I would share it guys I found a kid blogger. His name is Kailash Moore. He's been uh, one of the interviewers on our author panels today, um, interviewing authors from the children's authors' rights, and now we did the, the middle school authors, and now we're going up to the, to the older ones, to the YA ones, and he's got yeah. some impressive questions, giving me a run for my money. Kailash, what exactly do you do? What makes you a kid blogger? Okay, so basically, I'm, I have a blogspot account, more Kailash at blogs. No, more at Right? No, dot blogspot. That doesn't matter now. That's okay. So, we'll, ta- we'll put our listeners in touch yeah. with you. So, basically, I have a Goodreads account where I review the books. Sometimes I even get the books for free that I review. Because I'm a reviewer. <laughs> so, my favorite part about being a book reviewer is because I love books. Oh man, he was super cute. What a cutie! He was super cute, and he... anyway, that doesn't matter yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> he handled himself so well, and he was so well prepared with all of his questions and everything. I just cute man. Yeah, and so another thing. So there were kid bloggers, sort of prepped with questions for the authors, but then there were also kid authors as young as nine. Wow! Um, but I was quite taken with one. Her name is Hannah Carstens. And um, she is 17, and I, I, I'm, I don't know why I, I was taken with her. Probably because I, I can see myself in her. She's, you know, an older girl, and I, I see kind of, um, well, not. I don't want to say teenage angst because she's not angsty, but she's. I mean, she's written this book called The Written Stars, and um, I think I was just amazed by her that she managed, I mean, her bio says um, this is her first published work and was written when she should have been doing her homework. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I suppose I was, I was super taken with her and he has a, a little snippet from my interview with her. Guys, the one thing that um, has impressed me the most about this book fair is the amount of children's authors that are here and that includes Hannah Carstens a 17 year old who has written a novel called The Written Stars Hannah what was the reason you wrote the book what was your inspiration behind it um I feel in general I began writing because stories have always been present in my life and they've always been a part of it and a way not only to express but for me to learn and gain perspective and this in general I just always knew I wanted to write. You mentioned to me that it was a bit of therapy. It was quite therapeutic for you to work through some stuff while you were writing, writing the book. How so exactly? And um, how can it, how can it help uh, other kids work through similar situations? Primarily, it deals in a way that children can understand through storytelling and something exciting, and not that hard and deep to get through. How to deal with 
family problems and the difficulties that come there that are more present these days with more and more parents getting divorced and just more and more difficult home situations. And as someone who dealt with that when I was younger, I think this was my way of working through that in a way I could understand and in a way that could help other people too. And I think what is going to make this so much more impactful is the readers know that it's going to be coming from a 17-year-old, so it's someone who can relate to them. Tell me, um, are there any other books left in you? Definitely. I've got a lot I want to say and a lot of different ways I want to say it. And this is hopefully the first book of a long series. I look forward to it. Very, very well done. I mean, for this girl to pen in amongst everything, you know, teen angst and um, homework and just dealing with high school. What a brave girl because she's got so much think about what you're dealing with as a teenager I mean you've got to get through school you've got to deal with your emotions and probably anxiety and peer pressure and there's a lot that's going on in your life and then you still manage to uh, write a book a eh? and a good book at that yeah. and then and then also to talk about such a serious issue for a good cause because she wants to help others who are dealing with what she had dealt with it's just there's a lot of foresight there and a very brave girl she's a very brave girl and might I add that her book she's not self-published a lot of the authors that were there are self-published her book was mm-hmm. picked up by Pegasus in the ah. UK. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the fact that she's got a series in her, I'm just like, this is the start of something amazing. Mm. Well done, Hannah. Well done, Hannah. And uh, well done to Benny's Book Fair for showcasing young people like this. It's mm. such a nice platform because where else would these people get exposure? Yeah. You know, especially self-published authors, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Where do you sell your work? Where do you get exposure for it? Exactly. There were there were about eleven. I might something around that number, ten or eleven children's uh, child authors that that were there that day. And I just I'd love to see more because it's it's super inspiring. So mm. and that, like. I mean, what makes a fair is the food and um, the activities and that. And, I mean, it mm. just had it all. There was a Mad Hatter's tea party, which was quite nice. That's um, cool. So you could buy little eats, much like you would at, like, a church fete, which uh, is uh. really cute. And then um, – the, but then there was also your usual, like, food trucks outside and whatever. Everything was – was just super put together. There was a reading corner, so the authors each had their allotted time that they could go read an excerpt from their books. There was a dress-up competition for the kids, and it was divided into age categories. And I think, okay, here's what's most important for me, is that the Benny's Book Fair showcased um, our diversity as a country. Whereas if you have just a normal book fair, a lot of the big titles are international. I mean, the Gruffalo is the Gruffalo for a reason, but a lot of representation in our international books, and sure, that's starting to change, but nothing is quite like what the the kind of hot parts of um, culture we have in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the languages, I mean, the, there were books in a plethora of languages, um, at the book fair, and this also included um, a book called Baby Tabo by Zarina uh, Saban, a new author, and she's included um, some Zulu, Zulu words in, in her book, and this is why. Zarina, what I love about it is that you're bringing diversity in. Tell me about the background of why it was important for you to, to write the Baby Tabo book. I have three kids, they were all born overseas and there were no books about Africa in any of the bookstores so I decided to write them myself and in my little book Baby Tabo I have some Zulu words as well just to create the link between the USA where they were born and South Africa. That is so cool for like South Africans who have immigrated to other countries. It was so nice to have access to books like that. Just a little piece of home, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. We will indeed see them next year. Yeah. This is, this is a really exciting event, and I was so happy that we got to be part of it. Yeah, same. I um, will happily support more events of this sort in the future. Another huge selling point for me was 
the fair opened a half an hour earlier for people confined to wheelchairs, or should I say not confined to wheelchairs, people mm. who are used to uh, getting about in wheelchairs, and they, um, I mean, they often struggle in crowd in large crowds. So mm. the book fair opened a bit earlier for them, and I just love the representation and the inclusivity. Um, That's cool. This, yeah. So we will definitely be back. Okay, so we've discussed a lot. We had a yeah. nice, nice short reprieve from the current situation going back to the Benny's Book Fair. But with everything in mind, what is the bottom line? I guess it's just as cliche as it sounds. For me, it is just taking one day at a time at the moment because this is uncharted territory. And if we don't um, take it easy and and if we if we don't prevent ourselves from letting the overwhelming thought of the magnitude of what this is or could be, and that's certainly my viewpoint, let it overcome me or overwhelm me, then we're not going to make it. And then I am no good to anybody around me. Mm-hmm. So not every day is going to look the same. This isn't a normal situation for anyone. And to put yourself under unnecessary pressure to feel like you need to stick to a schedule or this is the way things should be looking. Nobody knows what this should look like. This is survival mode. So you're just getting through one day at a time. If today looks like this and tomorrow looks chaotic, we try again the next day. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we are not focusing on our bad mom moments this week because there are no bad moms. So guys... Um, you're all doing an amazing job. And I think that's the bottom line for me is I've just seen a lot of dissension. And if there's any dissension to be had anywhere, it'll start in the the parenting community because mm. the parenting community loves to judge. And, um, and I think it stems from a, a thing of, well, if they're doing it differently to me, does that mean I'm wrong? So, pe- so people tend to fall into a you're right, I'm wrong scenario. Mm. And it's just like there are... A gazillion ways to cut a tomato, guys, and there are also a gazillion ways to raise your child. So just do what's best for your family. And that's yeah. that's the bottom line for me. Yeah. So, I mean, as always, I'd really love to just keep talking, keep the gates of communication open. The engagement on social media has been amazing, and I just think people need more and more of this. No, I agree. Our listeners, please, you know this. If you want to chat with us or weigh in on this topic or any conversation that we're having, whether it's on the episode itself or in social media, and whether you're feeling like you need to rant or moan about having to homeschool your kids or being trapped in a confined space with them for too long, or whether you want to make light of the situation and tell us something funny or ridiculous that happened, please DM us a voice note on Instagram at the Great Equalizer podcast or record one on your phone and hit us up over email at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. We really could use some insight into your lives at the moment and if ever we needed to create a sense of community now is that time because we can't actually physically go for coffee with our friends so let's do it let's do it here for sure guys feel free to tag us in your instagram or facebook posts with the hashtag bombing at momming because right now we're axing Mm. any bad mom moments there are no bad moms here there are only amazing moms We'll pick up on that one when (laughs) the world returns to normal. (laughs) Yes, if and when. Um, Your support is so important to us. We say this every week. You have no idea. And the engagement that we've been getting on social media, um, just interaction and feedback of the videos we posted on Benny's Book Fair and even all of the, the stuff we've been putting out on our social media, Every comment, every share, every like, every love, it means the world to us and it means that we are reaching out to the right people and we are able to to touch your hearts and we're doing the right thing. Guys, please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook. At least the internet is working still. (laughs) For now. (laughs) And so our podcast. (laughs) So hit uh, that subscribe button, guys. Um, you'll be notified when there's a new episode out. We're going to try, see if this works. 
Um, we'll let you know if we can't get content to you. We're gonna we're gonna do our level best, uh, but if we need to take a break, then we need to take a break. We're still people, and we are committed to to giving you the weekly podcast. But I'm pretty sure you'll understand if if we don't. We'll keep you posted. Um, but I'd also like to hear from you guys if there's anything you want um, us to do differently during this difficult time. Let us know if there's information you want us to source or if you want a severe departure from corona or isolation, anything. Hit us up, let us know. Maybe something to totally get your mind off the topic and have it just be a little bit of an escape. We are keen to do that as well. Happy to do another Am I the Arsehole episode. And we actually had a listener call in to say, can we please go back to our You Have 24 Hours Leap Day episode because she's dying to just revisit what you would do with 24 hours pre-corona. <laughs> we, got, oh, we got such nice listenership on that particular episode. So go Listen, back, guys. Remember. Remember just yeah, to go back. Our episodes mm. don't expire. So if you feel like you need a little bit of an escape, pre-life-threatening uh, diseases, yeah. then please go, or, or viruses, please go back to our older episodes. There's some really entertaining ones. And then also just the more we're seen, we always say this, the better this podcast can do for you. We want to serve you and this community. So um, please uh, uh, share with your fellow parent friends or girlfriends or boyfriends or whoever you can share it with. Put the word out mm. and um, let us be seen. Guys, that's it for this week. Until next time, and we mean it with every fiber of our being, keep your mom game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. Want something a little more personal? Email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.